Welcome to episode 27 of the Mile 62 podcast. I'm your host, Richard Elkins, coming to you from Austin, Texas. Uh, Today I've got an exciting episode. I have Barry Sterling on the podcast. Barry uh, lives in uh, North Texas and does a lot of ultra races and just um, mountain bike racing. We talk about Telluride uh, 100 mountain bike race uh, that he was recently uh, involved in, which was a pretty challenging race and we also talk about upcoming races such as Havelina 100 Rocky Raccoon uh, 100 and also Brazos Bend 100 all Texas races so uh, a lot of focus on Texas races today and we talk about Telluride uh, race in Colorado and then Havelina in Arizona so I think it's an exciting episode and I think you will like it we, I did have a little bit of issue on the recording um uh, we got disconnected a few times, but I edited the the segments together. I think it you'll still like it, it uh, but those things happen when you're recording podcasts because if you get calls and stuff, sometimes you can get bumped. But um, I I got pieced it together, and I think you'll like it. Uh, so stay tuned after the break. Hey Barry. Hey Richard, how are you? Hey, good, good. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, how you doing today? Good, good. Yeah, Just yeah. got through eating some lunch. Yeah, same here, same here. Yeah, now you're you're up in uh, DFW area, right? Like Frisco area. Right, we're uh, we live uh, right on the kind of right at Frisco Little Elm transition up here, and uh, we've been up here for almost almost five years. Oh wow! Yeah, I I, I lived a few years in Plano and. Uh, I actually went to university in Arlington. I went to UTA and uh, oh, cool! And, uh, yeah, I haven't lived up there in a while, uh, but I'm now living in uh, North Austin, Georgetown area. So. Okay, yeah, I, know, I know that area well. I, I I went to the University of Texas, and uh, I lived there for a, quite a while. I worked in Austin for a while before we moved up here. I think uh, we moved up here in 2007, 2008, and then ended up leaving, and then. Moved into the dfw area so we're actually about to move we're uh oh really we bought yeah we bought some land in uh up north of here about an hour almost in almost to oklahoma and uh yeah so it it helps with with uh all the telecommuting that's going on and working from home i can can pretty much live anywhere as long as i can get to my office once or twice a week so Oh, that's good. So that's that's kind of up near Texoma, isn't it? Or is it not that far? It, it is. It's it's a, a above Ray Roberts and uh, below Texoma. So it's it's a uh, it's a town called Callisburg, and nobody would ever know about it. Really, have a trail run in Callisburg. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah there's that's probably a population of five hundred people, but I guess there's a out there or something that they're having a trail run on we're actually going to run it it's in october so oh wow anyway yep yeah i i've been i've been following you for a while and you you put a, you post a lot of good pictures on uh instagram and uh um i'm also in the same facebook uh, ultra aspire group because i'm also in that ambassador program oh cool yeah i've been following yeah following you i noticed you sometimes you go out riding out at lake grapevine i used to ride uh mountain bikes out there too when i lived up that area yeah that's a neat area yeah yeah, North Shore is uh is is a great 
uh, for Texas, it's a great place to ride. And I try to stay away from the complicated stuff because I've, I've, uh, you know, riding mountain bikes is great, but you can also get hurt on a mountain bike and it doesn't, doesn't do, do well whenever you're trying to run. So, uh, but yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice up there. Uh, our, uh, I'm on a race team and our, uh, race team does a lot of, uh, group rides at North shore. And then we go some other places too. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I, I used to do, I, I still do some road and some mountain biking more, more or less for cross training, but yeah. 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 It, I, I think it, I think it's a uh, very, very useful, especially when you're beat up, you know, go riding. Um, that's yep. what I did yesterday. I rode, that was kind of my recovery day from my long run on Sunday. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you stay in pretty active. Uh, you, you know, you just came off that, that Telluride, uh, 100 mountain bike race. <laughs> That sounded very interesting because uh, it looked like it was uh, pretty muddy. Yeah, yeah it, it was. Uh, I can't. I can't put into words. <laughs> that that was a, a definitely a challenge. Uh, it it had rained an inch the night before the race. It rained an inch, uh, and the night before that, we got into Ure on Thursday, and it was raining while we were there. And then we had been in Colorado. For almost a week and a half so the i was acclimated really well so uh but but i didn't i I, i've never ridden in in uh, on muddy trails before and so uh you know because in texas you know if it rains they close the trail if it rains a a drop they close the trail because the the humidity here in colorado it's it's so it's there's no humidity up at those higher elevations and so the trails dry really really fast Anyway, so it rained. It, it, the, it rained uh, Thursday in Telluride. It rained Friday all day and all night in Telluride. So when we, they shortened the hundred mile distance to two miles, okay. and uh, so when we we took off, it was forty degrees and rain, and then it never really stopped. Uh, it, it at the higher elevations, I think the highest elevation for the race was about almost feet and it was oh wow yeah it was just straight up from the from literally the the gondola in in the town of telluride it was a it was a 1.75 mile straight up uh, part of the for part of the race and it's leading on top of of that and the other thing so the the race was mostly single track okay um, it it was not, you know, it, it wasn't a lot of, it wasn't like it was a bunch of Jeep roads. Uh, there were a little bit of Jeep roads. And so the single track, it was just, it was just mud. And so you would, you get some traction, you go over a hill, you know, like a single track hill, you know, kind of like what they have in, in Austin, like at Reveille Peak, uh-huh. uh, out, out in, you know, uh, Fredericksburg, Burnett area and some of those trails, but you're, you know, you kind of go to the, you know, rollers, but you know, quick rollers. And, and right. so there's a lot of that. And then, and then you get on strong, steep descents and you've got these hairpin switchbacks and you're at uh, the grade for those when you're going down, it's, you know, it's mud and you're going down at about a 15 to 25% grade. Oh, so nice. yeah, it, it was, it's, you know, and, and your bike's full of mud. So your brakes are questionable. You really can't shift, and I had chain issues. So my and and I've got a brand new Trek Fuel uh, Nine EX, expensive, you know, full carbon, all that kind of 
yeah mountain bike it's nice and it's it's kind of built for this race but man and so you're going down and you're just like you're oh and i i told my coach um was over i said man i could have ridden 200 miles today which i probably couldn't have my legs were fine it was from the waist up i was so full of tension and gripping i mean i've I left, I didn't literally leave, uh, you know, handprints and grip prints in my handlebars, you know, my grips, but right, it's right. just, you're just so tense, you know, and that was what it was like, uh, fun, but it wasn't like really fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're that tense, especially you're out there, I think I read that you, you ended up finishing like 50 miles. So how, how long were you out there? Uh, it was 52 miles. It was a little over eight hours. It was like eight oh, hours man. and eight hours and five minutes. And and what happened? So I, I was coming down on, uh, you know, I was at like thirty five miles, and it I my chain uh, came off. And so then I got to the there was a checkpoint where you have to cross a highway uh, at mile forty. And so at mile forty, uh, one of the race officials he's like, "Hey man, you know." Uh, you're you didn't make the cutoff so you can continue on unsupported and finish the 52 you know it was the 52 miles finish the Uh 52 mile loop and you know you can do that or you can ride seven miles into town on the highway and you'll be warm and fed in you know 30 minutes or so whatever you know however long right right and it's most and he's downhill the town and i and i said well so, so what's in front of me if I if I go ahead and finish this loop? Because I've never ridden the trail. That was one of my things that I I learned several things, and that was one of the things I learned. Um, and he says it's it's more or less crazy for the next two miles, and then you have a good climb out, and then it you know it, it's pretty tame after that. And I said, well, I'm here. Let's let's do let's do this. Let's let's finish the 52. And right. so I did, and. Uh, <laughs> He wasn't lying. The next two miles were, I mean, it, it was nuts. Wow. Yeah. I know that, I know that area you, you mentioned Ure. I know like the Ure 100, I've, I've read that it's actually harder than hard rock. So I can imagine there's some pretty tough hills in that area. So. Hey, Barry. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm back. Yeah. I, hey. I've got it on airplane mode now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I should have mentioned that before. Sometimes that can be an issue because you know how it is when you start doing something. That's when everybody calls you. You know, so uh, <laughs> yeah, you you were mentioning that you had that option of uh, going into town uh, uh, seven mm-hmm. miles or finishing loop, and uh, how'd that go? Well, I I decided to finish the loop, and so the next couple of miles were they were they were really hairy because it was it was really steep switchbacks, just ton of of really it was a different kind of mud. It was actually black mud. It was real sticky. Chain uh-huh. came off again. I didn't fall, but I just basically slid a mile back. And, and you know, it was, there were some pros that, that just kind of, it's like, it was nothing for them. Kind of just dip to dip to do like they were tiptoeing through the tulips down the side of this mountain in the mud. And they uh-huh. passed me. And then uh, I got to, at the miles, there was the 42 mile aid station. So I got there and I got a little fuel and then, then finished it out uh actually rode back in with a guy from arlington that i met from Arlington, texas and so we we rode in from there and 
Uh, finished really strong. Uh, you know, rode up the last bit and then crossed the finish line with uh, the my new friend from Arlington, Peter, and uh, and that was it. And my wife was waiting on me, and I was glad to be done. Uh, yeah, but it, it was scary. <laughs> Yeah, I bet, you know, because especially when you're, you know, you're tensed up like that for a long time, you know, that really can wear your body out. Um, how was, uh, did you see any wildlife out there? I've always heard that those uh, Colorado races, especially like Run Rabbit Run and those high mountains, you can see all kinds of moose and bears and everything else. Did you we see anything actually, out there? We actually did. We actually, uh, near the finish finish line, there was a bear. So you're, oh, wow. you're not, not only were you contending with the weather, we saw a lot of deer. Um, but in, in, uh, you know, other chipmunks and stuff like that, but here we were coming into the finish line and, and, uh, there was a bear sighting. And so everybody was kind of like, Hey, watch out for the bear. And, uh, sure enough, <laughs> there was, there was a bear. And, and the next morning, whenever my wife and I, uh, we were kind of getting everything ready to load up and head to Texas. Uh, if you look down the alley, cause they have, you know, you can drive on the backside of people's properties and they have alleyways there. Uh-huh. And, uh, you look down the alleyway and there was a, a big green dumpster that was turned over and every trash can in the alley was turned over. So I guess the bear, uh, I don't know if it was the same bear, but there was a bear in the, in the alleyway trying to find some food for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've never seen any bears in a race, but I've had my share of rattlesnakes. And I had, I had, I had one case. Actually, it was racing up in Possum Kingdom Lake, and not too far from uh-huh. the Yeah, it was a sixty-nine miler, and one mile from the finish line, there was a uh, a big diamondback rattlesnake, and he was he blocked the trail. I couldn't I couldn't get through. Wow! But it was I was what? lucky. It was, it was kind of like a jeep road, and he wasn't uh-huh. completely blocking, and I'd. I had taken some courses out and before, you know, they always say, well, if he's not coiled up, he's not going to bother you. And, but you know, well, you, you learn that in training, but when you're there and you're looking at him, you know, I, I hesitated. It seemed like a lot long time, but it was actually a few minutes. Another guy came up and he said, Oh, he's not going to bother us. We just get in front of him. Sure enough. We went in front of him. He didn't do anything, but, but it really, really? spooks okay. you. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. Uh, uh, we were crewing for my, uh, my coach at Brazos Bend. Uh-huh. this past uh december and they have uh-huh. alligators out there and so oh, yeah. they talk they talk to you about the alligators and they're right they're right there on the side of the trail but in december they're not as active uh as they they are in in you know in the spring and summer but they also they have the brazos been 50 in april and that's whenever the alligators are active and they're actually breeding and so oh, okay. they have they have they have them across the trail and you have to run around them because they're oh, on wow. the trail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never seen it, but one of my one of my buddies he ran the race like uh, two years ago. The Brazos Brazos has been fifty, and he he said, "Yeah, he had it took five minutes to get around a huge alligator that was laying across the trail." Oh wow! <laughs> I know some ultra sign up. You you signed up for the December race. I'm also in that race. Uh, yeah, I'm doing the yeah I'm doing the hundred miler. I'm not you know after listening to the the trot calls lately, it's, you know, he's put all the races on hold and canceled a bunch of them. So I, I think it's probably 50, 50 if they're going to have it, but, but uh, yeah, I'm signed up for it. Well, I, I was originally going to uh, run the, hundred. I was signed up for the hundred on that one. And then, uh, you know, when I got into, into doing ultras, I, you know, I was all gung ho and, and I, I ran, 
the Havelina. Well, that wasn't my first one, but I ran, I ran like a 50 K, uh, with ultra expeditions in Farmersville, the Oktoberfest 50 K. Okay. And that was, that was like on October the 19th or something like that last year. And then, and, and I ended up, uh, before that I, I ended up getting into, I was on the wait list for the Havelina hundred K. And I didn't really know if I wanted to do it or not, but my wife pushed the button except like, and I didn't push it. She pushed it and she says, you're doing it. Well, anyway, <laughs> and it was the weekend after that. And so I did oh, a wow. 50, I did a 50. Yeah, I know. So my first, first ultra was the 50 K on the 19th of October in Texas. And then I ran the Havilene hundred K you were out there, uh, whenever, yeah. Uh, yeah, last year. And so I ran that and, and then, Two weeks after I got got back from have from there, I the Rockledge Rumble, which was another 50k, and I didn't really, you know, I I hadn't done this before, so I'm like, okay, just be hard headed, just run, and I was running, you know, I was running the races, I you know, I was pushing myself, and um, so I ended up with a stress fracture, and oh, no. yeah, yeah, and then you know, and then it, it kind of spiraled, and that's that's really what got me on the bike uh, more. And so then I ran, we were, I recovered from the, it was a, my fibia. I recovered from that and then, uh, kind of went back at it too hard and, and ran the, uh, Fort Worth, the Caltown 50 K. Okay. Yeah. On, it's on concrete and, uh, came out of that race with, and didn't know it. I just had a little, uh, knee issue but uh, it it was a a, t- a tiny stress fracture in my tibia so that's oh, okay. what another reason why i was on the bike so i stayed on the bike for so much or for so long you know working on keeping my you know my engine my endurance up and then uh so that's why for the brass it's been 100 i my coach and i've really been trying to you know, make sure i take the preparation real seriously that we're, you know, we've pivoted from running to the bike. Uh, and we're really, we're really trying to focus on, you know, let's pick two to three races a year and, and really be focused on the preparation for those races. And so, um, so we've got uh, a 52 K we're doing the uh, Flagstaff extreme big pine with Aravipa on the fifth oh, okay. we're doing that on the fifth of September. That's our tune up race. My wife is my wife runs ultras too. So and so uh my wife just for you just so you know, so me and my wife and my daughter Ashlyn we're all coached by Patrick Reagan. So all three of us Oh okay. Are, I, yeah, I yeah. knew you were I knew you were. I, I can't yeah what a a great guy he is, you know, great coach. Well, he's and, awesome. Uh, you know, uh, I've been following him for a long time, and I've heard so many podcasts about him, and I've listened to his podcasts. Uh, I know him like a relative, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. But it, just a great guy. When you know, when uh, I ran the last two Havelinas, and you know, every time he passed, he says, "Good job, how you, you know, how mm-hmm. you doing?" And he do to do that with everyone he passes is really unbelievable. You know, he's out there thirteen hours doing that. You know, I know, and he's running like seven thirty miles, and yeah, I mean, it, really it's. He's a, he's great. I mean, he just really is awesome. We, we crewed him and, and he didn't really, I mean, I didn't, I met him at Havelina just like you did by uh-huh. passing him and him saying hi. And then after the race was over and he, you know, the next day he came around, I, you know, I, inter- 
again, but he didn't know, know me at all. And so I reached out to him after we got home and then uh, he's been coaching me since uh, November. Well, I think we started in December actually. So December of last year. Uh, and we've, uh, you know, we've got a, a really good relationship. He started coaching my wife about a month and a half ago and two and a half months ago, he started coaching my daughter. She's in runs cross country, but he's been oh, really wow. great. He's been really great. Uh, I don't want to do a TV curse TV commercial for Pat, but he's been really good. Uh, we've worked through these injuries, um, and, and really in working through the injuries, a lot of, you know, a lot of people that are getting into ultras, uh, you know, they're real gung ho because the community's awesome. There's all this new gear, these companies you have never heard of, and you can be ambassadors like you and I for uh, Ultraspire and, and and you know other other companies. And you just and social media is such a big part of it. And so you just immerse yourself in it. You become so passionate, and you want to race all the time. But yeah, exactly. You can't you can't do that because you're gonna you're, you'll get hurt. And so you. You just got to be real conservative. And, uh, and he's teaching me, uh, you know, I'm 44 years old and, and, uh, you know, you, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but, um, you know, he's doing a really good job of kind of taking me along, taking my wife along. She's doing the hundred K at Havelina as well. And, uh, and so, uh, we're, we're not, uh, I switched to the 50 miler at, uh, so I've got, a 52k in September in uh-huh. Arizona, and then I've got Havelina. That'll be my first hundred miler. Are you going to okay. be out there again this year? No, not this year. I did it the last two years, and uh, um, I uh, was planning to do one in San Antonio, El Taco Loco, 100k. I, I got to race every month, but it's been canceled, and uh, um, I, almost all my races. I, I prepaid so many races this year. I don't think I'll ever do that again. But uh, even, though, even though, even yeah, even though they're giving the credit back, it's just, it's just a real downer. I've had uh, two races canceled already, and I think two more are going to get canceled. Well, we need to talk yeah. offline. I'm looking for pacers for that last loop at Havelina, and you've got experience, so maybe we can. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Plane, flights are cheap out to to uh, Phoenix right now too. So, but uh, so I've got the hundred. You know, my wife has the hundred k. Uh, her name's Jennifer. So Jennifer's got the hundred K and I've got the hundred miler. And, uh, and so Pat's going to be there if they have the race, but he's not running this year. And so, uh, he's actually pacing one of his other athletes and screwing us. So it's going to be kind of neat to be, you know, at the race with the three time, what is it? Three, three years in a row. So he's won the race three years in a row and, and he's your coach and he's helping crew you. Oh, uh, he's a record holder there too. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, so it's, it's really cool. And we're, we're just really thankful and blessed that, uh, to have that opportunity to, to do that race. Now, again, that's, a, uh, and they've said it will, uh, and, and there's going to be some changes. They've kind of let us know about the changes. So it's not going to be the same, the same time. They're not doing the washing machine style this year. Uh, and there's some other changes that they're making, but you know, it, it's a chance to race. And then, uh, but my real, that's, that'll be my first hundred. My real focus right now is, is that and building up to that and staying healthy. And then I've got Rocky raccoon uh, on my radar. That's where I really want to kind of, I want to let it fly there and uh, do that hundred miler. And so 
that's why I went from the hundred miler Brazza spin to the 50 miler. I know trot's not going to be happy that I said that and Tejas trails yeah. will be, but you know, it's really not a organizations do great, a great job putting on the races. I love Rob and, and his team and, and I love the folks at Tejas trails, but just the calendar, the way it worked out was uh, Rocky is going to kind of get my legs. And then after that, everything is geared towards uh, the lead man, uh, challenge for 2021. So I won't, I won't race. Wow. And the lead man is, uh, is it, that's a, isn't that like a Saturday, no, it, Saturday bike and Sunday run or something like that? Or is it, it's, or is that the, it's, uh, so it's the, it starts in June. So you run the marathon in June and then you run, you have to pick, uh, either the 50 K there's a, uh, the silver rush 50 in July. And so you do the sil- you do one or the other. I'm going to do the run and the bike. Uh, so a 50 mile run and then a 50 mile bike, mountain bike ride in July, and then uh, then you do August the 14th. You know the second weekend in August you do the uh, 100 mile uh, mountain bike. Then that's on a Saturday. Then you do the the 10k. <laughs> that's just to piss you off on Sunday, <laughs> the day after, and then you do the, the, the following Saturday after the hundred mile mountain bike, you do the hundred mile, uh, run. So, uh, and that's just going to be, you know, Richard, I'm just going to be trying to finish, uh, all of them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's brutal out there. We, we went and ran out there while we were in Colorado and it's, it's just a whole, whole nother level. Yeah, that, that, I think that would be a big accomplishment. When I lived out in California, I lived in the Bay Area for two years, and uh, I got to spend a week in Mammoth Lakes. And that's oh. like, there's, yeah, training out there, it, it really was tough. And we had mountains in the Bay Area, but that those real high elevation, like you see out of Mammoth Lakes in Colorado, mm-hmm. it's just a whole, whole different ballgame. Well, Jen and I, we went over, uh, so when we got to Colorado, uh, we weren't in Leadville. We spent, I think, about six days in Leadville, camping out. And uh, our our we got we got in the Leadville on a Friday. We had already been in Colorado for like three or four days, and so we had a little bit of acclimation. But we get there, and we on Saturday morning we wake up and we we went to over to Twin Lakes, and uh, you know Hope Pass is the is the the real deal for the hundred mile the Leadville one hundred mount or right, Leadville right. one hundred trail race. And so you go over Hope to Winfield and then from Winfield back over Hope to Twin Lakes. And so we just went up to Hope from Twin Lakes and back down. I think it was about 13 miles because I got lost in bushwhacking at the first couple of miles of the trail. But it it's no joke. I mean, our quads, her quads and my quads, they were really just kind of fried uh, from the downhill or for the descent from Hope Pass. Uh, I can for, imagine yeah it was it was uh all i could do to recover for the mountain bike race and, and tell you right so wow wow well i think i think Cavalina, i think both of you will enjoy that you've done the 100k actually my brother was in the 100k uh last year we were yeah, both out I, there I heard and, that. Uh, yep yeah yeah and uh one thing i would su- one thing i would suggest you know something that that uh that um patrick doesn't go through because he's only out there 13 hours is that uh during the night, it gets very cold, and there there are some very where you go down in ditches, and there's cold pockets, and it can drop like 20 degrees, and, and then you run 25, 30 yards, and it's hot again. 
And um, what I used, which worked both well for both years, is I just wore my arm sleeves that I got from Tejas Trails. And during the day, I, I put ice in them. And then at night, I just keep them on and it kept me warm. But there were last year it was really bad. I, I saw several people with hypothermia. One guy was, um, I think it was near the rattlesnake um, uh, aid station, mm-hmm. you know, that real rocky section. Yeah. That real exactly. long rocky yeah. section. Yeah. yeah. Trembling, shaking on the ground. And a bunch of people were trying to help him. And then uh, I saw an ATV with uh, red lights coming up the trail, which kind of spooked me because it was in the middle of the night, you know. But, uh, wow. Yeah. There were there were a lot of people that got really cold. Now, they warn everybody every year about it. The pre the year before, I didn't think it was that cold at night. But last year, it got Hey, hey, Barry. Hey, sorry about that. No, no, no worries. Hey, now uh, that's turned off. <laughs> no, I, I know, I, I know that I know the challenge, uh, especially the bu- people busy during the day. You know, I was just talking about the hypothermia on the on the Havelina mm-hmm. course, and uh, so that's something you got to be careful with. Some people put on coats at night, but I found that that was too hot. And uh, um, arm sleeve worked really well for me, but there were a lot of people that DNF just because they got too cold. And it's really hard to imagine that because it's so hot during the day, but it really gets really cold at night, at least last year. The previous year, it did not. And I uh, I finished it. I I finished the 100K right before nine o'clock. And it was, you know, it was getting a little bit chilly. Once that sun went down, it was a little bit chilly. So I absolutely can see where, you know, uh, where that would that would come into play. And I appreciate the the tip because that's, uh, you know, a, on my, my goal is to be under 24 hours and, uh-huh. and on my best day, I'll be under 20. Uh, and, and I'm going to, that, that I'm going to, it's going to be cold. And so I appreciate that. That's, that's uh, a great. What did you do with the uh, ATV that was running up on you with the lights flashing? That probably scared me too. It scared me because at that, you know, that part of the trail, there wasn't any room. So I actually had to jump in the brush to let them go by. Man, you know, I'm glad like, there wasn't a cactus there because they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, you know, and then I was kind of, I was at the point, it was probably two or three in the morning. It was at a point where I was starting to kind of hallucinate a little bit and you see these red lights coming at you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that real wild. or not? But how did you, uh, how did you do with your caffeine intake? Because I, uh, while I was, you know, I was running the hundred K, obviously I was, uh, you know, and I was inexperienced. Nutrition was kind of like, okay, let's just eat whenever I see it, if I'm hungry. And so I, uh, I, that, you know, it was sponsored, the, the race is sponsored by goo. And so they had all uh-huh. those goo gels at the aid stations and they're, you know, rock tame with caffeine. And I think I took in like 700 cups of coffee in 13 hours. I didn't oh, wow, sleep man. for like two days. So how did you, <laughs> how did you, I'm serious. Yeah. I got back to my hotel and I told my wife I'd get up every 45 minutes and I, I ate us. I, I literally, I got up every 45 minutes, went to the restroom to, to, to go to the restroom and ate a slice of pizza and drank water. I told her, I said, I've been going to the aid station, you know, for the last six hours since we got to the hotel. So I didn't sleep at all. I was just going to the aid station all night. <laughs> Yeah, what I what I what I do is I try not to take in too much during the day. You know, I uh-huh. always ask them if the gel is caffeinated or not because right. it tends to be that a lot of the races they get a lot of the caffeinated ones more more so than the regular ones. Maybe they, maybe they, the 
sponsors have surplus or whatever, but uh-huh. I, I, t- I like, uh, I'll, I'll take caffeine at night, but I try to drink real coffee. And the funny thing was in the Havelina, I was at one aid station that they had coffee, but had no way to make it. So I just dumped some of the coffee grounds in my tailwind. Yeah. There you go. There you <laughs> yeah, go. You know. Yeah. 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 You do but, what uh, you gotta do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like to take the caffeine at night because I'm a, I'm a serious coffee drinker. I need a lot of caffeine during the day. But uh-huh. but during the really hot part of the race, I, I try to stay away from it. And then what it usually does, it gives me more bang for the buck because, you know, you, if, you, if you haven't been drinking and then you drink it, it's going to be a lot stronger. But right. I, I try to stay away from, like, the Red Bull and stuff like that. That kind of right. caffeine really makes me feel uh, sick. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I try to drink the real coffee. But, yeah, that, that's, that's important. And uh, – one thing I learned from the first time, the first time I did Havelina, uh, I I had a DNF at 82 miles. It's because my my uh, core strength wasn't strong enough. My lower back was hurting so bad I couldn't stand up. Oh, wow! And I did I didn't have enough time to sit it out for a few hours. So I really uh, then during the next uh, year really been working on my core strength. So that's real important in those hundred milers and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially, you know, for bigger runners, you know, I'm, a, I'm 190, you know, I'm not a small guy when it comes to running. And so the core strength is really important if you're going to be I out feel there you. 20 hours. Yeah. So. I feel you. I'm 6'2", and I'll, I'll probably be 195 for Havelina. I'm 6'2", about 205 right now. So I'll probably drop okay. 10 pounds before, before the race. But you're absolutely right. One of the great things about, uh, you know, Pat and Pat being our coach and, his background and all that he's got us uh you know he he prescribes all of our workouts and and does all the stuff and we do calls i just got off the phone with him before we started the podcast and and uh you know we we do weight vest training and and so we have core uh what we call cst is core strength training when we do that with weight vest and uh and some other things and then we also he encourages us to go walk three or four miles. It's a 20 pound weight, weight vest. And I think I have a 12, a 20 and a 40. And so we do our weight vest training, our core strength training. And, and then we do hiking with a weight vest and it's all for, uh, for us to just engage the core and core stabilization for the, exactly what you're talking about. So that later on, and you know, we're used to that. And, uh, it also helps, uh, I don't, what kind of race, what kind of vest do you, you ultra spire race vest? What do you, yeah, use? I have the, I have the Zygos. <clears throat> That's what I've got. Yep. Yeah. I like that a lot. Cause it has that, it's easy to put the bladder in and out, you know? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I love it. We'll see. And if you've got one of those and you're, you know, after, you don't really think about it, uh, with it, you know, early on in a race, but I mean, if you're refilling the bladder and doing all that and carrying all that thing all day i mean that's 15 10 15 pounds right there and so oh, yeah no that, yeah, exactly and uh you know i i do a lot i do some ruck racing and i do oh, i do yeah. the same kind of train i do the same kind of training i have a i have a speed ruck and i've got a 20 pound plate and just bought a 30 pound plate and i i do the same thing i hike with it fast hike with it with my my children there you and, go. Uh, I, I think it's helping my core strength at least i you know i'm telling myself that but, uh, well, that's, that's what, <laughs> that's what he has us doing now. I'm, I don't plan to race with a, uh, a, a race vest. So I'm, I'm going to do, he, uh, he's got us all, well, he, not all of us, but he's got me, uh, running with handhelds, pretty much the same thing he does. Now I'm, you know, 
seven, you know, how many hours? He finished in 13, so I'm seven hours slower than him, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. But yeah. but running with the handhelds, uh, Ultra Spire handhelds, uh, and that, that, that works for me because when you're a big guy like me, you know, you don't want that. 20 pounds on you because you got to carry it up all those hills or wherever you are. And so, uh, I think the aid stations are spaced out just right at Havelina that, that I can, I can manage the race on some handhelds the race belt. I think, I think you can too. And same thing for Rocky raccoon. Um, my only two DNFs, one was at Rocky raccoon and, uh, one was at Havelina and Rocky raccoon. A lot of people go into thinking that it's going to be easy, but that's a really mm-hmm. tough course people run it too fast and that's what happened to me. And I ended up finishing a hundred K and DNF, but that those may have muddy sections near the lake. Yep. And it's, it's a tough course. And I was out there. I was out there this year and, uh, I was out there. I, I, I'd signed up for the hundred K no, the hundred miler. And like I said, I, I went crazy. I signed up for like all these races and, and I was injured. So they let me defer. So I deferred that to this next year. But I, I just got released from the doctor, I think it was like the first, first weekend of February or whatever, from, you know, from, uh, so I could run. And so I went out there and I paced the guy and I was only supposed to run like 12 miles at night. And the guy was like, uh, his name was Mark. And <laughs> if you got a second, I'll tell you the story because it's crazy. So sure. I'm supposed to pace this guy like uh, just 12 miles. I wanted to do and run i'd been biking so my fitness was okay but i didn't i know the course is rudy and it's kind of you know it's 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 tough it's not an easy course and so 50 miles later i'm at like 10 o'clock in the morning i'm crossing the finish line with this guy and i was <laughs> I, richard i was toast i i was emotionally i knew everything about him i knew what he called his ex-wife i knew all i mean everything we're friends now and like right now we're friends and uh i mean he was actually a a really great guy and uh you know i hadn't met him before uh i was just there volunteering in an aid station and a buddy of mine uh that's the uh, band of runners he he said hey if you want to pay somebody you can pace this guy for a little while and uh and it was i i i (laughs) Long story short, we crossed the line together. It's like it's a big deal. It's his fifth fifth time to it's his, he gets a five hundred mile buckle for finishing oh, wow. it five times and he's not gonna do the race anymore. And it was this emotional thing for him. People, there's like fifty people waiting on him to finish and he finishes and tells me thank you and he jumps in his car. I don't know where my wife is. All the aid stations are closing down and I'm laying on the ground under a tree just kind of <laughs> hugging the tree and we had brought a little teardrop. We rented a little teardrop camper. And so uh, my wife found me and we went back and, and uh, we got in the teardrop and we were supposed to leave. And I said, no, I, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to lay right here. And I started crying. She was looking at me. She's like, are you okay? And I go, I, I really, you know how they talk about, you know, the emotional side of doing something that's really hard. And, you know, I wasn't prepared to run 50 miles with this guy and, uh, and it was hard, but it was just so emotional. It was emotionally draining because, you know, I was serving him. I was running ahead to get his, 
to, you know, to get him some food. And I was running, I ran ahead two or three times, like two or three miles ahead of him to get something out of his drop bag at, uh, you know, the different aid station there. And, and, and I, I, I mean, emotionally, I kind of poured myself in to get, you know, to, to his finish. And, and I, I learned a valuable lesson that night and that morning. And that is, is that if you ever get anybody to pace you, it's way more difficult than, than you think. Oh yeah. And you, and you should be really appreciative. And he was, I mean, he was real, just an awesome guy because that they don't get a buckle <laughs> and, um, and it's not easy to, to sacrifice that and do that. And, uh, and it was, and I learned the course and, and so that's, I think I'll be able to run pretty good there, but you're yeah. right. It's, it's not that what's aid station. It's like the out and back. It's like, uh, what's the name of that aid station? It's not, yeah, a, not a, what's, I don't remember, know. but yeah, it's, it's, it's way out. And then you turn around at that point. Yeah. 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 That one. Yeah. That's, that's no joke. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough one. And then, you know, it was really muddy. Uh, the, the course was really muddy close to the lake and, and early morning, uh, you know, it was dark when it started. And then at night uh, we, I found it really challenging because it was points where I was just kind of grabbing trees to hold on. And the pros were just running full speed through those at sections, but I couldn't do that. I, I just was almost flipping over, oh, you know, you know? Yeah. It's whenever those, whenever people like Patrick and those guys, whenever they, they just make it look so easy uh it it's you know they it's their job obviously but you know they just they do make it look so easy and uh no but, that's for sure um so um i know you, what kind of what, what kind of shoes you wear in these days you, you're on hokas right yes i'm a bigger guy so uh i'm uh, one of our uh teammates our our you know patrick's got about 25 uh, athletes or so. And, uh, you know, we're all part of his, you know, team and, uh, he, he's a Clydesdale. So I'm kind of a Clydesdale runner. Uh -huh. I'm a bigger guy. So I like the Hocus. Uh, I'm really kind of hooked on the, the speed goat Evo or EVO. I don't know if I'm supposed to say Evo or EVO, but, uh, I really like that shoe. Um, and then I like the, the, I like the three, the speed goat three, I have the four. I, my wife says I'm, I have way, way too many shoes. I have almost every pair of Hoka's you can have. I, I'm about to start <laughs> buying the new ones. But, uh, but I really, yeah, I really am uh, enjoying the Hoka's. Uh, they, they're, they last a while. Uh, you can get a, you know, 250, 300 miles out of a good, you know, a trail shoe. And that's, that's really good. So they, they seem to have good longevity and, and uh, I, I really like them. Uh, some people like, you know, some of the other brands, but, um, you know, they kind of fit my style and, uh, my coach likes that. I like those cause he's sponsored by Hoka. And so yeah. anything, <laughs> every dollar I spend helps, you know, the, the, the team, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah. They make a good shoe and I have many of their trail shoes. And also I like to use the Clifton's on the road. And, yes. Uh, I also wear ultra, but, uh, you know, Hoka makes a good shoe. I actually have the Evo Mafate. I think that's how you say it. It was oh. the one before the Speed Go Evo. It's the one that uh, Walmsley won the Western States with the first time, I think. But it's a nice oh, okay. shoe. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I have a pair of the Mafate Speeds, and I had the I have I had a pair of the Mafate Evos, and I gave those to my uh, stepson to try to get him into running uh, trails. But yeah, those are all. I haven't put a shoe on. Well, I I do have my least you know my least favorites that you know they just don't work for me uh uh-huh. but i'm right there with you i like the 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 clifton for my road shoe and uh i even run you know some non-technical stuff i'll 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 throw my clifton on and my my cliftons and i'll go you know even if it's if it's a non-technical like you know uh cinder trail or something like that little pebble trail uh, I'll run those, running those sometimes, but yeah, I love the, the Hoka's have been a really good shoe for me. Now my wife, uh, <laughs> I've, I've got three brand new pair of Hoka's that were, that I bought for her. And, uh-huh. and like, she, she thinks she's going to want to wear them and she wears them once or twice and that's it. And so we aren't buying her any more Hoka's cause she is a Brooks person. I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, <laughs> that's that's her foot so uh yeah yeah she she she, she runs in brooks well i've gotten to where i i even on the roads i wear i like to wear my trail shoes what i do is i i get as they get a little bit older i i start using it on the road and for mm-hmm. me i just try to get used to the shoe you know because i wear the bigger shoes too right and uh and i thought i was kind of weird about it but i was reading that dean Carnazes, he's always worn trail shoes on the road really and yeah and the reason is is because He's always been sponsored by North Face, and until recently, they've never made a road shoe. So that's why he always used trail shoes on the road. Yeah, that's that's an interesting fact. I, I had no idea. That's that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Do yeah, you but, buy your? Uh, do you get your trail shoes? A, do you have uh, buy them a little bit bigger, or do you do true size, your regular size? Yeah, I buy them true size. Okay. I one time, uh, um, I think I bought one. I bought. Um, from the the Hoka um, factory, the or the the headquarters, I bought a le- black leather Hoka. I think it's the Stenson or something. I was using it for work, and I got a wide in it, and I regretted doing that. It's just too big because some of the Hokas feel a little bit too narrow for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I've just gotten where if I buy the Clifton or or buy a Speedgoat or even other brands, I just buy true to size. They work. They work fine for me. Yeah, that's what I'm finding. I bought like a couple of pair early on. Like I have a pair of uh, Speedgoat threes that that I've already kind of gone through, and uh, you know they I bought them a little bit once, you know, half a size bigger. And and yeah, I'm not doing it anymore. I mean, you know, they say that if you have a little room, it's better for the downhill running and stuff. But yeah, I just I just feel better with the the right fit on my foot, and uh, and it 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 works for me. No, I, I'm the same way. Are what you a toe? So, yeah, I was about yeah. to ask you. You, it's your That's podcast. You ask. You yeah. ask the questions. <laughs> no, I was going to ask you the same question. Uh, do you use the toe socks? And uh, my answer, my answer is yes. And uh, I've been very happy with them. Uh, you know, uh, I used to have a lot of problems with blisters, and uh, ever since I started using toe socks, and I use Injinji. Um, however, I think their their quality has gone down a little bit. Um, I, they used to make one. They have three different versions. They had a road version, a, uh, I think they called it a trail version, and then the mm-hmm. ultra version. The ultra version one's hard to get. You have to order it directly from them. But really, I've yeah. had some. I, yeah, I've had some issues where they've they've come apart, and I've had to kind of sew them back together. But uh, um, I've been using them for a while. But I tell you what, I've been I've been real big on these exoskin shorts. I just got three more, and 
I used to just use them for racing, but now I've got enough of them where I can use them every day and they're expensive, but I really can't say enough about them. They're, they just keep you from chafing. And I mean, mm-hmm. just, but anyways, the reason I brought that up is they also make toe socks and I've heard that they're pretty good. I'm going to try them out. Well, that I don't is, know if they... it's funny. You mentioned that Richard. So plug for a sponsor here. So I'm okay. uh, sponsored by Exoskin, but I'm one of their ambassadors. Oh, okay. So I use their toe socks exclusively. And so I, if I'm running, if I'm wearing, if I'm wearing shoes to run in, I'm wearing the Exoskin toe socks. And I've tried now, Patrick, you know, he's, he's got his sponsors and they're real sponsors. He, he doesn't, doesn't get a discount, but uh, he, he, uh, he, he uses dry max. I've bought some dry max socks. I have, I have a couple of pair of those and I yeah. started out in the Aniji socks i ran i ran javelina in, a, in two pairs of anijis uh, last year and so but but i uh i i'm like you i love their if i'm gonna wear a uh it depends on the race or depends on what i'm doing uh but i like their compression shorts uh that no chafing whatsoever i have like probably you know four or five pair of their shorts and i have some of their their long tights you know uh and then i have a whole bunch of the toe socks and uh, I, I just love them. The, the socks are great. And uh, I have uh, now I, I, if I'm going to wear shorts, you know, that's a different like regular running shorts, not compression shorts. That's a different uh-huh. deal. They don't, they don't actually make any, anything like that. And they're coming out and I know you bike and you, you, you talked about that, but I think I, I listened to a podcast you did about uh, cross training and, biking and stuff they're they're testing right now uh uh bike shorts with pads and all that yeah so those stay tuned those will be here soon but uh i can't say yeah i know i i I wanted i i told the the uh croy who's kind of their 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 that handles all the ambassadors and their pros i told him i said hey if you can get me some of those exoskin bike shorts i'll wear them at telluride and they just they're just not ready yet, but, uh, I can't say enough about their gear. They're, uh, one thing I, I really appreciate and respect is that it's a veteran owned company. Um, I'm yeah. a veteran, I'm a veteran and, and, uh, and it, it, you know, it helps, uh, support, uh, you know, their, that technology was born out of the special forces. So, um, uh, it great stuff. I love their toe socks. Yeah. And you know, the, I'm in electronics and, you know, when we make a printed circuit board, we use this FR4 material, that copper, the material in it is the same that they use in the really? shorts. So, so I, when I read about that, I was like, man, that stuff we, we put through all kinds of uh, thermal testing in electronics they're using in shorts. And I just thought that was so interesting that, you know, you could, you know, people are saying, well, you don't need to wash them very often and stuff like that. And I think they're pretty strong because, um, I was talking to Croy a couple, a week or two ago because I was trying to get something ordered, and he he I was ordering the wrong thing. I was always ordering high rise, and uh, I was saying, "Why well, always have to flip over the shorts at the top?" And he's like, "Well, you should guys get the low rise." So I, I got the right ones, but when they came in, now they have something on there saying that you should only hand wash them. And I've been well, I've been washing them and uh, drying them, and those things are tough. No problem at all, you know. Yeah. I, I, I've tried to, I told my wife, like whenever they came in and I, I saw her, don't put these in the dryer. Well, you remember like twice to not put them in the dryer at our house. 
yeah, they're, they, they seem to be holding up. I mean, I did have, you know, I'm a bigger guy and I did have, I did order, uh, one, my first pair of tights, I ordered too small. And so yeah. I did, I, you know, my big old leg and, you know, I did, I did end up with a hole and I called them and they sent me the right size and I, you know, replaced them for free. And I ended up, they ended up letting me keep the ones I had. I got them fixed anyway. And maybe if I lose that 10 pounds before Havelina, I'll have two pairs of tights. So it'll, it'll be great. They're a good, they're, they're good, com- they're a good company. The funny thing was they when, are. I first, when I first ordered them and they came in, I looked at them. I was like, man, there's no way these are going to fit on me. <laughs> me too. They look me so too. small, you know? Yep. But sure enough, they work. Um, hey, I was going to ask you, um, I ran, uh, I think it was last year, I ran that La Nuit. La Nuit, it's a French name. It's in Cedar Hill. Have you ever done that? Boy, that's a challenging run. It's put on by these these guys run for Bibles. Really? No, I haven't. I, I hadn't heard yeah, of it. Yeah, it's on Ultra Sign Up. It's in Cedar Hill. And the, okay. interesting, the interesting thing about that course, it's, it's I think it's about five miles, but it starts it starts uh, at night and it's a nine hour race. So you run the whole race and you never have daylight. So it's over before it's daylight. That's cool. Uh, yeah. It's in Cedar Hill. And uh, is it at the Cedar Hill state park? Um, it's yeah. It's part of that. It's a little bit North okay. of that. It's almost okay. like getting close to uh, what's it? Duncanville, but it's, in, okay. it's part of Cedar Hill. But it, it's got a lot of these, like, steps, like I've seen, like, in trails, like in Hong Kong and stuff, these wooden steps. It's a tough race. And uh, that's something, look that up. Yeah, it's called La Nuit, uh, L-A-N-U-I-T. It's a French name, but it's put on what? by the guys. Those guys run, they're called Run for Bibles, and uh, they have a, a nine-hour, they have different, they have three, six, and nine hours. I did the nine-hour, and boy, that was a tough race. <clears throat> What, what time, what part of, what, what season is it? When is the, what, I, what I think it was in the spring. I think, I think it was in okay. spring, like March, April, something like that. Okay. Uh, I'll yeah. have to put that on a radar. I'll have to put that on a radar. Definitely worth yeah, checking out. There's a lot of cool races up in this area. Uh, you know, in Texas, I think your podcast, you cover a lot of the Texas races. And it, I mean, we're just, we're lucky to have, have some good organizations, some great organizations uh, that, that are putting on good old area all and all over the state uh you know it's it's kind of kind of a good thing uh, from a texas standpoint yeah and i think i think it's only going to get better you know you know we have some flagship races like bandera and rocky raccoon mm-hmm. and brazos Bend. i think there'll be more and last summer i did a lot of the summer races with uh tejas trails those are a lot of fun unfortunately this year they got all screwed up with a virus but i think i think we'll see more things and um I read somewhere that someone's been trying to think about putting a 200 miler here. You know, I, Trot had one out in uh, El Paso, but I'm talking about somewhere in central Texas, I think would be cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I looked at, I looked at, uh, uh, doing the Cocodona, uh, 250. I actually registered for it and then they did the background and cause they won't let you just register, uh, for one of those long ones and, uh, with Aravipa and, and then, yeah, kind of going through everything with, you know, learning and understanding uh, the process with, with, with coach and, and really learning to, to kind of focus the energy and attention. It's not going to work for my calendar next year, you know, and, 
And so, but I do want to get to that point where I, you know, I run one of those 200 or 250 mile races, whether it's that race or something in Texas or, or one of the, uh, you know, the triple crown races that, uh, Candace puts on. I, I yeah, it's, those, a, those are neat. Those, that's really cool. And it, it, I don't think you, I mean, you, it's a different type of running and different type of race, but, uh, it, it's, it's definitely something I want to do. Yeah, I've, I've, I've you know, a lot of people have talked about the, you know, the the camaraderie and the, you know being out there for many days. It sounds cool. I, I also read about that race, and uh, it looks like they're going to be pretty busy because I was checking it the other day. It had like three hundred people on the wait list. Mm-hmm. One of the, that, I think that one be interesting, and the other one that I really, the one that I really want to do is the Moab two forty. I think that would be yep. really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah that 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 one is on the list. We we were supposed to do Bryce this year. I mean, uh-huh. We had, we're probably just like you. We had like all these races that we signed up for, we paid for, but, uh, uh, you know, we, we deferred it. And then we actually ended up canceled, canceled, uh, Jen and I from doing it. We were going to do the 50 miler next year, but, uh, we've just got to really, you know, it's, it's amazing what you learn and you just, uh, you know, even, even my coach, he's, he's really focused on doing, you know, two to three races and that that's, that's your year. Now you may do some tune-up races for that, but that's, you know, really trying to maximize your training cycles and, and focus on, on your effort for that single race uh, and, and whatnot. And, uh, and so there's like all these races I want to do. And he's like, Barry, you don't need to go and have, and turn on ultra sign up and get on there and start swiping <laughs> your credit card. And then come to me with a 27 race schedule for 52 weeks. It's not going to work. So <laughs> Yeah, no, that's it, it, really good advice. And that's something that uh, everybody needs to hear. You know, I've yeah. learned, I've learned my lesson about doing that. And uh, I try to do, you know, try to do more cross training and try not to beat mm-hmm. myself up and uh, try to do more rocking, but, uh, and just try to enjoy. So. Yeah, it's absolutely right. It's, you can have more fun that way. Uh, I want to enjoy my races. Now I, I want to leave it out there. I, um, it, I think at Rocky, I'm, I'm going to push myself as I can, but, uh, you know, Havelina is going to be to finish and Rocky's going to be to push. And then Leadman's going to be to finish because just finishing all that would be a big deal. But, um, uh, I hate it being injured. I hated it. I wanted to run so bad. And I couldn't. And I love to ride my bike, but it just was, eh. And so I don't want to go down that path again. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling. I've been injured before too, and you know they're always preaching that you know prevention is so much easier than healing. <laughs> so. It is. Well, that's why <laughs> we got we've got stretching. We do Wharton AIS uh, uh, range of motion with the rope. We do. Uh, all of our core strength training, like in the weight vest training, and then just the approach that we take uh, uh, to what we're trying to accomplish is it's, it. What is it? What did he? What did he say last week? He says, "Respect the process, and 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 everything will be and enjoy it, and everything's going to turn out well whenever you go race." So we'll see. That's, yeah, that's what we're doing. Advice. Yeah, yeah. How's how's the auction going? I noticed you bid it on his on uh, his singlet. And then, uh... <laughs> that's funny. So Chris, do you know who Chris Brown is? Uh, yeah, the guy out in California, the racer out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he, he and Patrick L Sensman, Eric Sensman and Patrick and Patrick, I don't want to speak for him. I want to make sure I'm clear. So Patrick's a great guy. He's got lots of friends, but it, it, in my relationship with Patrick, it, it seems that Chris, Chris Brown and Chris Bobo Brown, I think is what, what they call him. I think Chris and him are really good friends and Eric Sensman and, and Pat and the three of them are, are really good friends. And so, uh, so Chris texts Patrick last night. He's like, Hey man, your boy Barry's really going it down for the race gear from Avelina. <laughs> and so he, he and I were talking, you know, cause of the, the run for ribs, uh, you know, the cancer, uh, uh-huh. uh stuff. Yeah. And we, and, and, uh, and I didn't talk to my wife about that before. So last night I was sitting on the couch and I was like, honey, I need to, you know, kind of tell you something. So, uh, you know, I put a bid in for the uh, for Patrick's gear. She's like, "What?" And I'm like, and she wasn't mad because we we donate. For, you know, we want to. It's a good cause and all that. And so I told mm-hmm. her, I said, "Well," she goes, "Well, did he wash it?" Because she knows him. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and I said, but he's got. It's a pair of shoes. It's a shoes he wore last year at Havelina. It's his watch he wore the last three times. And I said, so you know how you said you wanted a new garment. I said, I'm buying you this Sunto or Sun, whatever it is, Sunto or Sunto watch. I was going to tell you it's used, but it's three years old. So you're getting a watch, and then in, you don't like Hoka shoes, and you get a brand new pair of shoes with this. If I get it, then I'm going to get me a new pair of Hokas, and the gear won't fit me. So what we're going to do is we're going to buy one of those like memorabilia frames. We'll put it under glass. <laughs> And we'll mail it out to back to. It's she started laughing, and so I told him that today when we were on the phone about nutrition for uh, for for my long run this weekend. And so we were talking. And I said, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna put this under. If I get it, I'm gonna put it under glass, and and I'm gonna mail it to you." And he goes, "No, man, you're gonna keep that. I'll send you a shadow box." I said, "Well, when we build our new house, I'll have to add a room, and it'll be the shrine to Patrick." Cause I'm never, <laughs> I'm never going to live this down with all my, my, uh, uh, my teammates that you coach. Cause they're going to, they're going to think I'm like some sort of groupie for Patrick Brady. Yeah. No, I, I, think it's, I think it's funny. I, I actually bid it on Chris Mako stuff, but I've already been outbidded. I'm a big fan of his dude. <laughs> yeah. He's and, cool. He's a cool dude. He's, he's funny. Yeah. I get a kick out of it. I've, I've chatted with him a couple of times and he was out at Bandera and uh, Havelina as well. And, yeah. And, uh, I enjoy his YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, his YouTube channel is really cool. I told I told Patrick I said I I, I was going to bid some on Matt Daniel stuff. Matt Daniels, he's from Arlington, Texas, and yeah, so I, yeah, yeah. I was going to bid on his stuff because that's the only only guy's gear on there that I could actually wear. But I'm not a Nike guy, so I'm like, yeah, me I neither. Said, <laughs> so it was funny. And then I did go because Chris was texting Patrick some crap. I think the bid for the bid for uh, Chris's Western State singlet. I think uh-huh. he came in tenth. I think he was tenth that year. Tenth, yeah. And it's a size medium. And I text Patrick, and I I think it was at a hundred dollars like two hours ago. And so I bid a hundred and five. And I text Patrick, and I said, "Tell your boy Chris, you know Chris is a." Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. heard a podcast where you talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So he. It, there's a if you if you look on Instagram, 
you'll find one of Chris's posts, and it's it's him cooking with squirrel's nut butter. Like he cooks oh, wow. a steak. Yeah, he cooks a steak, has a glass of wine, and he starts eating part of the steak, and he cooked it in squirrel's nut butter. And it actually, I mean, it was a real thing. It was, you know, he's sponsored by him. And I told, I told him, I said, and so Chris is a, you know, I, he's a chef. He's a kitchen guy. And yeah. so, uh, so I told, I told Patrick, I said, let Chris know that I bid 105 bucks for his singlet from Western States. And that if I win it, I'm going to cut it in half and make two dishcloths and then <laughs> <laughs> stop giving, stop giving me crap. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, Hey Barry, thanks. Thanks for being on the podcast. I better wrap it up. And, uh, I think we'll run into each other and uh, let me know about the Havilene thing. If I, if it fits in the schedule, I'll definitely like to come out and help and definitely we'll Absolutely. see uh, Brazos Ben and I might do Rocky Raccoon as well. Cause I, I have some unfinished business out there. <laughs> well, Hey, you, you took, you took care of business at Havilene this year so, or last year. So uh, yeah. I wouldn't leave a DNF hanging. So let's yeah, come on out no. to, to, to Rocky. And if the weather is as good as it was last year uh, or actually this year. So this year the weather was really good. So, um, it, it's, it's, it's a great course to go run from what I experienced with Mark in the last 50 miles at least. So, but yeah, it was great being on the podcast. And, uh, if you ever need anything, uh, shoot me a text and, uh, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can't get Patrick steering steered your way. Maybe you can come and, uh, come on the podcast and talk with you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell him, tell him I said hi. That I'm definitely a fan. I will. So, <laughs> all right. Take care, buddy. He, he, you too. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye, bye. Bye. Hey, I hope you liked my conversation with Barry. I thought it was exciting, and uh, we got to cover a lot of different events, and uh, that's what it's all about. I wanted to also talk about uh, a race that I have now registered for. It's called the Death Valley to Denali virtual endurance race uh, you know i haven't been real big on virtual races but i decided to sign up for one and this is one heck of one it uh, basically is uh, a race from death valley to denali like the title says but it's a you can bike or run and uh, you need to finish 3568 miles by next october october of next year yeah, it's about 350 miles a month. Very doable, but you can bike and run. However, I do plan to to you know stick with my schedule, which is primarily running. So we'll see how that goes. And my um, brother, younger brother, and his wife has also joined too. So we have a little competition going, but it ought to be fun. Uh, just a little background. Um, it's uh, basically it's a race from America's lowest and hottest place. Uh, in Badwater Basin, which is Death Valley, to North America's tallest and coldest place, which uh, used to be called Mount McKinley, but now it's called Denali. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. But thanks again for listening to uh, this episode. And uh, if you'd like to send me some feedback, please send an email to me at runnerrwe at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at runnerrwe. Uh, same for Instagram and Facebook. It's at RunnerRWE. And uh, please leave a, a rating on iTunes if you like the podcast. Uh, it helps me get more traction uh, to find other listeners. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thank you and have a good week.